opportunity to come into your presence, to, to give you thanks, to bless you, to magnify your name, to glorify you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, that we have overcome because of you, Lord. You have overcome all the sins of this world by taking it to yourself on the cross. And Lord, because of you, we can stand. Because of you, we can give thanks. Lord, because you are everything to us, Lord. We are nothing without you. And so on that basis, Lord, we worship you. We worship you from a place of loving you with all our hearts. Lord, give us, give us the strength, give us the unction, give us the desire, Father God, to love you with all our hearts, with all our soul, with all our beings. Lord God. Worshipping you in spirit and in truth, Lord, daily, minutely, hourly, Father God. Lord, that we may live lives, Father God, that is pleasing towards you. And so we choose now to come, bow down and give you thanks because of who you are. Lord, we are nothing without you. And we give you thanks. We magnify your name. Lord, it is because of you why we exist. We are but crumbs before you. And yet you call us friends. And yet you call us children of the Most High God. And so we come giving you thanks and blessing your name because of who you are. Lord, give us the grace to love the way you love. Even now, in Jesus' name we pray. We want to come with our tithes and with our offerings and give thanks to the Lord. But we're going to use a different scripture this morning. Usually we use Malachi 3, but this morning we're going to use Proverbs. Because it's from a place of trust why we give unto the Lord. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Do not be wise with your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Honor the Lord with your possession and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. So this morning we come and we honor the Lord with our strength and with our substance and with the first fruits of our increase. So we give thanks to the Lord for the opportunity to give even now, in Jesus' name, as our brother will pray for the offering. And Father, we thank you again <clears throat> for this opportunity to give back to you. Lord, you said that if we give to you, so shall you give back unto us. But Lord, you are the first one that gave to us. You gave to us life blessing, healing, prosperity, wisdom, grace. Lord, we could, can go on and on of what you have given unto us. So Lord, in that, indeed, we thank you. Lord, we thank you indeed for another day. And Lord, for those who are, who are sick, who are being in the process of being healed right now, we give you thanks for that also. Lord, we give you thanks for this mind that you have given us. Lord, we realize that every ability to even work or to even produce an income is from you. You have given us the ability to learn, to adapt, to grow. But Lord, what we are doing now, we are putting you first above all things. We are putting you first to say, Lord, you are the provider. You are the one that provides. A lot for those who have lost items and things, 
Lord, we pray that they would indeed see you in, in the midst of the lost. For those who are in California who, with the fire and everything that's going on there, Lord, we, we pray for mercy on, on, on those who have lost possessions, loved ones. But Lord, we realize that indeed there is always a way to give you thanks. So Lord, we thank you. Now Lord, this will be used for the furtherance of your kingdom. Lord, we ask you that you give us wisdom and grace to administer it. And Lord, we thank you that we will be always good stewards for what you have given us. In Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. Thank you, Lord. So we want to welcome Pastor Ava as she brings the word. Good morning again, everyone. It's a great morning to be out. It's a good morning to be here. It's a good morning to be here worshiping the Lord. It's a good morning to give him thanks. It's a good morning to give him all the praise that is due unto him. And we just thank the Lord for an opportunity to come together. We are mindful that there are some this morning that are not in the position to be here. We are mindful this morning that there are some who are not in the position to even leave their houses or their homes to go out. And we want to thank the Lord for his faithfulness. That even though they can't, he, he has still allowed them to, to benefit and to flourish and to be a part of where God's people are worshiping him and to join in the procession of those who worship and honor him. And so before I start this morning, I just want to stop and to give the Lord thanks and to, to intentionally ask him to lead me and to speak through me. So Father, I thank you this morning for your call upon our lives individually. We have been called by you individually. Despite what it looks like, despite the fact that we want to run from it, Despite the plan, fact that we had our own plans, but this morning we recognize more and more and more as the days progress and as the days turn into months and as the months turn into years, we are recognizing more and more that you have a better plan. And so this morning, Father, as we come together and to worship you, we ask that you be enthroned in our midst, Lord, that the words that we would hear today are your words. Your revelation, your word, your rima word to us, your word that will go to the very crooks of our heart, that will go to the very depth of our being and minister to our soul where there is hurt, where there is longing, where, where there is a need, that you would be the person this morning, God, who minister to us individually. So even as I speak, Lord, let it be your voice that is heard. Let it be your revelation, your wisdom, your love, your goodness, your mercy that is felt and extended this morning. And so, Father, I thank you, Father God, that you have a way of increasing as I decrease. So, Father, have full control this morning. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. This morning, we want the, the, the scripture that we'll be looking at is Joshua 5, from verses 1 to 12 and I last week we looked at Joshua 4 actually we have been going over the book of Joshua for maybe I'll say over a good month or more five, five weeks and we have been looking at God's call on, on Joshua's life God, God calling Joshua to be strong and courageous God calling Joshua to take over the, the mantle to take over the, 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 the leadership of the people of Israel and to take them into the land that he promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Last week we looked at the fact that God said to Joshua, build memorial, have the nation of Israel build memorial so that they will honor him, so that they will not forget. And so these memorials we looked at last week, the memorials were, were done to, to bring hope. The memorials were done to increase faith. The memorials were done to cause Israel to remember what God had done for them in the past along their journey so that they would not forget him at all times. 
They would instruct their future generation, their children to come and their children, children of what God has done. They will also testify of the very deeds, the mighty deeds of God. And those nations surrounding Israel would see the great and mighty God and fear him because of his power. Today we move to chapter 5 as I shared earlier. And we are now looking that the, the, the Israelites have crossed over the Jordan and they are now in the promised land. So uh, chap, chap, chapter 5 verse 1 says, Now when the, all the Amorite kings west of the Jordan and all the Canaanite kings along the coast heard how the Lord had dried up the Jordan before the Israelites, until they had crossed over, their hearts melted in fear and they no longer had the courage to face the Israelites. When we look back, remember, one of the reasons why God said to Israel to build a memorial is that the surrounding nations will understand how powerful God, God is. The surrounding nation, the nation that surrounded Israel would understand the extraordinarily powerful God. It would testify whatever God has done for them and the nation would see and hear. And now we are at chapter 5, we are seeing that the, end, the, the kings heard, the kings of the Amorites and the Canaanite kings heard, and they were now quaking, they were now paralyzed with fear. Prior to that, in Numbers 13 and 4, the Israelites failed their attempts to cross the prom to go into the promised land because they heard reports from Kings 5 that said that the, the land was, yes, the land was fruitful, but the people were large and they had large cities. The spies overestimated the strength and the ability of the Canaanites. And in doing that, they underestimated the ability and the power of God. Have you heard situations or, or stories or are you in situations now that causes you to underestimate the power of God because the situation or the circumstances look so big with complete trust and dependency on God Israel's second attempt to enter the promised land was successful and now the enemies of Israel are afraid. The enemies of Israel are now paralyzed and they no longer have the courage and the fighting power to come against Israel. God is able, just like what he did for Israel, to do for us. He's able to cause those who oppose us. He's able to cause the enemies of our soul, whether it be Satan who comes with sickness or comes with unemployment or come with lack or whatever means he comes with to destroy you or to remove things from you that God has given you. God is able to oppose the enemy and he's able to powerfully and faithfully do it. Do not underestimate what God can do in your life. Do not underestimate what God can do in your life. He did it for, for Israel that those who Israel were afraid of now became afraid of Israel. Can you believe that? The very person, the very nation that Israel was afraid of that hindered them from crossing over, the same nations are now afraid because of what they heard that God did. So having crossed over, Israel, the nation of Israel would have been excited and ready ready to successfully attack the nation, the Canaanites, ready to conquer the land that God had promised. I remembered when I, two years ago, actually 2016, June, when Kirk had to come to Texas because he got a job. And we drove down, and the plan was he would come and live in Texas, and I would stay in, in, in New York because I also had a, was in school. I had three more months in school to complete. And the plan was, in my mind, I had this great plan. I was going to live in New York, Kirk was going to live in Texas, and we would see each other either every two weeks or every month. And I would stay in New York and continue to work. 
I remember clear as day because by the end of three months, I would have no more tuition to pay and I would now be able to save that money. And I would be able to save it to do what I wanted to do, what I couldn't have done before. And I remember that week that I was submitting my paper. The, actually, the last week when I was submitting my paper was the same last week I paid my last tuition. And I felt God say to me, you need to go to Texas. I never understood the plan then. But looking back, I realized that God had a better plan. Though I was excited that I was coming to the end of my, my course, end of my three years of studying, and yes, I would be able to save the money. Yes, I would have now access to money that I would never have had when I was in school because I had to be paying tuition. But God was saying, no, I have a better plan. And it is the same thing for Israel. Israel would have had their plan. The nation of Israel would have had their plan. When we get to the promised land, we're going to kill the Canaanites. We're going to occupy the land or whatever plans they had. But God had a better plan. After 40 years, they would have wanted to have settled down. They would have wanted to be in one place and not moving. They would have wanted not to be wandering around and wondering, today am I going to have manna, tomorrow am I going to have quail, what am I going to be eating? They would have wanted to have their lives in order. And that's what most of us would want. But God's plan for Israel was not that at that moment. God was never opposed to Israel settling down. He was never opposed to Israel not, not having everything they want to have. But God's plan was a plan of victory. And God knew that in order for Israel to be victorious, they had to learn the fundamentals of victory. First things first. Israel had to renew their covenant with God. And in renewing their covenant with God, they had to consecrate themselves unto him and be willing to submit to his direction that they might experience his power and be victorious. So my first point this morning is Israel's consecrated for celebration. In order for where God was taking Israel, Israel could not inhabit the promised land without having that place of covenant consecrating himself. In Joshua 2, Joshua said, God said to Joshua, make flint knives and circumcise the Israelites again. So Joshua made flint knives, and depending on the translation, it said sharp knives, and circumcised the Israelites at Gebeath Ararat. So we see that God is saying to them, I need you to do an, a demonstration of an act that she showed that you are mine. Circumcising the military men at that time, in my mind, looking on, felt stupid. How would I circumcise men and make them vulnerable at the time when they are going to be at war? And healing would, would, would be a process. They would have to be healed. Why would God make Israel defenseless at a time when the enemies heard that they were coming, they are now on the land and everybody knew who could, who could come out after them. But God knew that the best time for Israel was at the time when they were vulnerable and defenseless. And the enemies of Israel were paralyzed with fear. God was going to show that he was mighty and he was powerful. Israel had to learn in their vulnerability and their defenseless period to trust and to depend on God for strategy and tactics. Because many times we have our plans that we know how to do things. And God is saying, no. When you depend on me for strategy and tactics, I do things the other way. I overturn plans. I do things upside down. The all-knowing God knew that Israel's enemy was incapacitated. So this was the best time to renew the covenant. God knew that the older men who died in, 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 the, in the wilderness, who were circumcised, they died because they disobeyed him and the new generation were not circumcised. The covenant was not made with this new generation. And God knew the importance of the covenant with the generation. 
This new generation was born in the wilderness and they never understood what it meant to be a chosen people of God. They never understood what it meant to be the people of God. According to Genesis 17, 10 to 14, circumcision was a visible sign that marked the beginning of an everlasting covenant between God, Abraham, and his descendants. Israel had to be circumcised again. Circumcision then was a memorial, a physical and visible mark that revealed their position. They were God's covenanted and chosen people. And by doing that, and, and by that, they owed their existence to the Lord. As the covenanted people and as the ones who were to be circumcised, Israel had to consecrate themselves to God. Israel needed to set themselves apart and dedicate themselves unto God for, for, for his purpose. By obeying, they demonstrated complete obedience and trust in the Lord and his direction and not in their own wisdom. So circumcision was necessary. It was one for the older generation, for the new generation to be covenanted with God. It was for the sign for them to have a visible sign that marked them that they were in an everlasting covenant with God and that everything that they owned, everything about them revealed that they were God's chosen people. Circumcision meant that they would be consecrated to God, that they would offer themselves and dedicate themselves to the living God. Circumcision also meant that they were cutting off from the old life and they were accepting and taking on this new life, a life in God, a new life in God. And, and in, in, in the scripture in, in Exodus shares that the right of circumcision was from a child, a male child was eight days old. That child, the foreskin of that child's penis would have been removed, re representing the cutting off of the old and the beginning of the new. And ironically, when I thought about it, I said, but the woman would also suffer because the mothers of these babies would also be the one to be nurturing this child during this period. Because there is no anesthetic then. So think about a mother watching your child going through that. Watching your child having the foreskin removed without anesthetic. And every day coming and cleaning and dressing and keeping that child clean and healthy. And then imagine a wife now going into to, to, to Canaan with his husband who were never circumcised. And watching these big men being the foreskin be cut away. And I'm not thinking clearly for all of them to be circumcised, some of the women would have been helping. To circumcise all. Because a, a man who is circumcised cannot circumcise the other guy tomorrow or the next minute. Because he now would have been incapacitated. He now would have been in a place of so much pain. He could not do anything. So the woman would have been involved in, 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 in circumcising these men. And then not only that, if it was her husband, she would have to wait until he's healed to be intimate. So circumcision was never act only for the male. The women were also involved. They saw it with their sons, and they lived it with their husbands. Circumcision also was a physical act then, but it was also an act of faith and spiritual preparation that cutting away from the hardening of their heart, according to Deuteronomy 10, verse 16. It was not only a physical mark, Deuteronomy 10, 16 says, but it was a covenanted membership. The Israelites were now under obligation to manifest the spiritual qualities of commitment and obedience to the Lord's will. And the last point on circumcision is that circumcision was a prerequisite. You could never partake of the Passover celebration unless you were circumcised. According to Exodus 12, 43-49, all males who wished to join in the Passover celebration must be circumcised. So to successfully conquer the promised land, to successfully be, to be victorious in the promised land, Israel had to be consecrated. God had a better plan. So for me, coming to the Texas was an act of faith. God's plan, God's better plan, God's best plan, and not my wisdom. I thought I trusted God until I moved to Texas. 
I thought I trusted God until I got here. I thought that I learned trust because of what I've been through before. And, and when I look back at my life, all the different things God had required of me. And I thought that when I did those, I had trusted him. But coming to Texas showed me that there are levels of trust. Trusting God meant total surrender. So trusting God sometimes means isolation. Trusting God meant dependence and reliance on him for everything. I had to recognize my position. I was a child and I am a child of God and he will take care of me, even in Texas. I am a child of God and he will do and he will provide for me, even in Texas. Understanding these truths were important for my preparation my being prepared to conquer the next stage of my life. Today, believers in Jesus are no longer required to bear the physical mark of circumcision. Because circumcision, how it was done then, is insufficient now. Romans 2.29 says, Circumcision now is a circumcision of the heart. A spiritual act that can only be accomplished in us by the work of the Holy Spirit. Circumcision then is parallel now with, with, with water baptism, where we speak to the death, the burial, and the resurrection in Jesus Christ, where a believer continues to believe and continues to trust God for everything. Crossing over did not stop there for the Israelites. And being water baptized does not stop there for the believer. Circumcision for us now, as new believers in Christ, mean that we have changed ownership and position. We are no longer, we no longer align with the enemy, Satan. We now belong to God and we are now coheres with Jesus Christ. We know we are now dedicating ourselves. We have now lived and are living a life of dedication to God himself and for his purpose, not for our purpose. We now live a life of surrender, Lord your way, not my way. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's an opportunity to give God to strip, of other, strip, of, strip us of our innate ability to depend on ourselves. And I know that too well. That when you consecrate yourself, when you come, you, you say to the Lord, Lord, I depend on you. And I do not no longer depend on me. Like the Israelites, all of us have plans. All of us have plans and we have a time frame in our mind when we would accomplish these plans. We know how the plans are supposed to be accomplished and we have been through it and we process it in our mind and we have the great idea of when is the right time, how it is to be done, what it will look like when it is done and we have all of that. But God is saying to us today, I have a better plan. Put first things first. Renew covenant with me first. Renew covenant by consecrating yourself with me, to me first today. Set yourself apart unto me today, God is saying to us, and recognize that I am holy and just. I know what is best for you, and I know the very best timing for you. So yes, I plan to give you some of the things that you plan for, but the timing is his. God knows what is best. For those who have not yet, who, have, who are listening and have not yet surrendered their lives and, their, and the leadership of their lives to God, today is the day. God wants to covenant with you. He wants to be your God and he wants you to be his daughter or his son. He wants to reveal his love and forgiveness to you through his son, Jesus. God wants to give you the opportunity to have a new life in him that comes with full warranty that comes with a full guarantee think about it when you purchase a, 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 a technology or something and they say it comes with 10 years warranty and you can buy 5 more or 2 more years if you so desire God is saying when you surrender your life to me it comes with full war lifetime warranty for those who have already have that assurance let us renew our covenant with the Lord today. Let us ask him to trust him more than we did this morning. 
Let us ask him to help us to submit to his wisdom and not to our wisdom. Let us dedicate our plans to him. Let us share with him our dreams and our desires, but hold them so loosely that if he chooses to change, he has all autonomy to do so. God wants our heart fully. Let us allow him today to circumcise our hearts. Let us trust God in complete dependence and reliance on him as we set ourselves apart for him. Set ourselves apart unto him. Set ourselves apart unto service to him. And deal with the sins in our life, the things that separate us. The, sin, sin, the sins that disqualifies us. The sins that make us spiritually unprepared to join in the Passover celebration. So today when we take the communion, I want us to stop and to, to think about where we are and what is in our life that we need to remove. Where we are. Are we in right standing with God? Have I yet to, to turn my life over to God for his leadership? Have I yet to accept his salvation and his free forgiveness? Now that the Israelites are circumcised, in verse 9 God said to, to, to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. So the place has been called Gilgal to this day. And Gilgal was the same place that they had those memorial stones were built. And we see later, it was later on, Gilgal will, will play a very um, pivotal role going further in the life of Israel. So God said to, 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 to them, No longer will you walk around with the shame of, of the Egyptian slavery. No longer will you walk around with the pain of Egypt because I have remove the shame and ridicule. I have now given you an opportunity to celebrate Passover because I have removed the shame. I have removed the disqualification. You are now free to come into my presence. You are now free to come before me. And the next point I want to look at as they prepare themselves, they became spiritually ready and qualified to celebrate the Passover is that they understood what it meant now. We were not, they were now free to go before the Lord. They were now free. They were consecrated. They were ready. Heart was ready. Mind ready. 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 Spiritually ready. And so in verse 10, we see them camping out on the 14th day of the month. We saw them having celebrated the Passover. And if when you go back into scriptures and look, you will see that in Exodus 12, verse 6, Moses celebrated the Passover on the 14th day of Nisi, which is the 14th of April. And when you look back at how God worked, God delayed everything, so he had them camping out for three days prior to crossing over. Then he had them building memorials before they crossed over. And all of those days were adding up. Then after, he had them circumcising. And all of this was to get them prepared for the 14th day of the month that he said to Moses in Exodus 12, verse 6. That on this day, every year, you are to celebrate the Passover. What a God. Nothing in God is by accident. Everything is well calculated. God knew what he was doing. The precise date that he gave Moses then is the same. It is the precise date that the Israelites were celebrating now. Israel had renewed their covenant as God's chosen people. They bore the physical mark in their bodies and now were spiritually ready to partake of the feast. Passover then was considered the, the feast of the unleavened bread or unleavened bread. It is one of the three historical festivals that the Jews celebrate. It is actually a memorial. So God is into memorial because he gives them the circumcision is also a memorial. These are the things that you're going to use. Every time a man showers and sees his penis without the foreskin, he's going to remember that I am his God, he's my chosen people. 
Every time that, every year that they are about to have the Passover, they remember that they are God's covenanted people. God is big about memorials. He's big into us remembering. Having a memorial lest we forget. Because we as a human, we tend to forget. It was a celebration. Passover was a memorial celebration of a physical deliverance from freedom in Egypt. Where, where God said to them, mark the doorpost with the blood of the animal that is slain, the lamb that was slain. And as he passed over, he would destroy all the firstborn of the houses that were not marked. God knew that the Israelites needed to remember this over and over and over. And so in passing over the houses of the Israelites, the firstborn of all the Egyptians were destroyed. In looking back, Israel had to relive the deliverance from Egypt. They had to relive the fact that they were redeemed from the Egyptians. And each year as they looked back to the Red Sea, they remembered how God destroyed the Egyptians. And now as they looked back at Jordan River, they are going to see how God destroyed the Canaanites. This was Israel's third Passover celebration. Remembering what God did for them after each Passover celebration gave them a good idea of what God was going to do in the future. And in our own life, when we look back at what God did for us, it gives us an idea of what God is going to be doing for us. I too got an opportunity after coming to Texas to look back at what God had done. Especially how he has changed my life and my focus. I remember the thing that I used to enjoy, the thing that I felt that I needed to have done to feel as if I am successful and prosperous. I no longer have that desire. And I realized it is God who is working in me. It is nothing that I am doing. It is God who, as I dedicate myself, as I, as I trust him and depend on him, he's navigating my life through a pathway and he's doing the same thing for you. If you only stop and look back, God has a better plan at all times. And it's not that he's, he's discounting your plan, but he's saying to you, look at my plan. Take into consideration the plan that I have for you. The Passover parallels the Lord's Supper. And today we will get an opportunity to celebrate the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper is a memorial celebrating the del spiritual deliverance from the enemy. It is the redemptive work of Jesus on the cross. His death, his burial, and his resurrection. For those who are ready, for those who are consecrated and ready today, we want to partake together and we want to spiritually enjoy the benefits of the Lord's Supper. But for those who aren't today, now is an opportunity. Today is a good time for you to transfer ownership of your life. For you to transfer leadership of your life from the enemy. The one who comes to steal, to kill and to destroy. To the living God who comes to give life. We celebrate the victory of the cross today as we eat the bread. And the bread symbolizes life. And it allows us to remember that Jesus' body was broken for us. We drink the wine today and that itself symbolizes God's covenant in the blood. And remember, and allows us to remember that Jesus' blood was shed as payment for our sins. At communion, we look back at the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. We celebrate our salvation through Jesus and our church family and our unity as believers. We are, get an opportunity always to look forward to Jesus' return. So let us look at verse 11. The day after the Passover, that very day, they ate some of the produce of the land, unleavened bread and the roasted grain. And then verse 12 says, the manna stopped the day after. They ate this food from the land. There was no longer any manna for the Israelites, but the year they ate the produce of, but that year they ate the produce of Canaan. God was no longer supernaturally providing. 
He had the public and Canaan had the largest grapes. Canaan had, had everything that Israel needed. And that is what God does. When he takes you into what he has promised, when he gives you what he has promised, everything that you need is wrapped up in it. And even though Israel may not have understood it initially, they, we recognize that the manna stopped. They were not able to eat the food from the land. Each day they were able to eat roasted grain, they were able to eat fruit, they were able to eat vegetables and everything that they had in Egypt. Remember, the, in, when they were coming out, they said, they remember the onions and the leeks in Egypt. Why did you take us this journey? And now God was saying to, to them, though I removed it from you then, now I'm giving you back everything. And so today we wanted to stop and reflect. Reflect in our own lives. What is God better planning our lives today? What is God offering us and saying to us today? Yes, I see your plan. Yes, I understand your plan. It is my desire that you have your plan. But look, I am offering you a better plan. A better plan that seems now in the natural as if nothing is happening. But in the future... You'll be allowed to eat all the food and the benefits of the land. You'll get all the benefits of that plan. And God is saying to us today, I have a better plan. Your plan may not even come through. But the plan that I have for you is a better plan. So let us stop and reflect. Where would I have been today if Jesus did not make that sacrifice for me? Where would I be today if I did not hear God say, go to Texas? And I am now in Texas. I don't know what my life would have been. I don't know what I would have been doing. Where would I be today if Jesus did not forgive my sins many years ago and continue to forgive me even as I sinned? And so today as we celebrate the Passover, I want us to stop and remember. I want us to stop and look back at what God did for us. And the better plan that he's offering us. A plan of salvation. A plan that you will never understand until you totally depend and rely on him. A plan that you will never be able to understand and to benefit from until you yield in surrender. A plan that in your natural eyes and in your natural mind you cannot fathom because you do not know how will this plan work. How next month looks. What the future holds. But God is saying, and he's speaking to me so clearly this morning. I have a better plan. A foolproof plan. A plan that comes with lifetime warranty. A plan that I know is the best plan for you. But I'm asking you today, just dedicate yourself to me. Consecrate yourself by setting aside yourself for me today. So that you can come and celebrate. God was saying to the Israelites, I want you to learn to celebrate even before I have given you what I have promised for you. I want you to learn to celebrate in anticipation and expectation about what I plan to give you. I want you to celebrate, not after you have gotten, but before knowing that you trust me. And you think about it. How do you celebrate when you have not received it? And God is saying that we celebrate because we trust him. We celebrate because we know of his ability. We celebrate because we are expecting our awesome, our powerful, our loving and merciful God to deliver what he has promised. And so the Israelites were able to eat of the food of the land long before they fought and conquered the different territory they benefited and God is saying there are so much benefits to my plan only if you would learn to surrender and commit your ways and trust me dedicate your life to me depend on me rely on me yes you have a plan 
But I have a better plan, a better plan that will allow you to conquer the battles. A better plan that will allow you to be prepared for the battle that will come. I have a better plan. And so as we prepare for communion, we just want us to be quiet this morning and just stop and remember what God has done for us. So we're going to be looking back. As we remember, we are going to also look forward. So it's a futuristic looking. So we look back, we look forward, and we also look now to what God is saying. And so right now I'm going to give us an opportunity to just be quiet in our hearts before the Lord. Quiet our hearts and we say to the Lord, Lord, we... Renew our covenants with you this morning. We dedicate ourselves to you. We surrender, not physically in terms of the cutting away of our foreskin, but we surrender our hearts to you and our heart dictates where we go. Lord, we do not understand everything. But you have already proven over and over and over in our lives in, as individuals and in the lives of those that we have read about in, 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 in the Bible that you are a faithful God. You have never promised that which you cannot deliver. And so today as we partake of the blood, the, the symbol of the bread and the blood that represents Jesus' body and his blood. We thank you, Father God, that as we eat of the, of the bread today, we recognize that we have life, new life. The old life, our old life has been cut away, and now we are living a new life in Christ. As we drink of the wine today, we are saying that we recognize that every blood that was shed was shed on our behalf, and we are forgiven, we are healed, we are delivered, we are set free today because of what you did, Jesus. And so for those who this morning are not at that place to say that, I, I just ask that you pray with me this morning. Father, I recognize that I am a sinner. I recognize that I have never asked you to be my Lord and to be my God and to be my Savior. I recognize that I cannot enter the throne of Christ. I cannot en enter the throne of God without first being forgiven by you Lord and I accept your salvation today I accept the free gift of salvation today that comes through your son Jesus that when he died he died on the cross with me in mind but today I believe that as he rose he rose and I am victorious over every sin that I have committed and so father I come before you today and I ask you to accept me I ask that I'll be pleasing to you, God. I ask, Father God, that as I come, I will come as one who is now new in you because you made me a new creation today. And so here we are this morning, God, together. Here we are, God, for those who this morning feel far away. You belong to Christ, but you feel so far away from him. We are saying to you this morning, God is calling you to come. He says, come. Come, 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 my daughter, come, my son, come. My hands are never too short for you. Come. I long to embrace you. I long to feel you. I long to hug you. I long to be the answer for your problems. I long for you to depend and trust me with every situation that you face. And so, Father, today as we come, and we partake of your blood. We just pray that these emblems, Lord, will be blessed. That they are just symbols, God. Symbols of what you do, but we are mindful to do them in remembrance of you. That we remember your work on the cross. We look forward to what you will do when you return. And so, Father, we just give you thanks today. And as I pass these emblems around, I just want you to just take one and hold it and we will partake together.
So as we take off the bread, we remember that Jesus' body was broken so that we would have life, so that we can be forgiven. And so we eat of the bread together as we remember what Jesus did on that cross for us. And we drink of the wine this morning that symbolizes Jesus' blood that was shed on the cross. That blood was shed that where we are sick, there's healing. That blood was shed that where we are in need of deliverance, we are set free. That blood was shed that today we are free. There's a freedom that comes this morning with what Jesus done. And it gives us that freedom to celebrate, to celebrate, to celebrate. And so we drink of the, of the wine this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. As we celebrate the greatness of our God,
So this week as we go, let us remember that God has a better plan. And he knows how to prepare us to be victorious. So unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God our Savior be glory. To the only God our Savior be majesty. To the only God our Savior be power and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages now and forevermore. So go with the peace and the joy and the love of the Lord knowing he is able and that he has Messiah born and raised 